I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Whatever your point of view, our education system is looking a wee bit shaky at the moment. School rebuilds being scrapped because of cost blowouts, NCEA achievement continuing to drop, fewer kids actually turning up to class. The big question, of course, what can be done? Well, our next guest thinks we need to step back and perhaps have a debate about what the aims and the purpose of schooling actually is and what we want from our schools. Professor John Morgan is from the Auckland, uh, the University of Auckland's Faculty of Education and Social Work, and he joins me now. Kia ora to you. Kia ora, Emil. Good evening. You, um, you've written a piece for Newsroom in which you refer to a 1980s book from the New Zealand uh, educationalist James Marshall. It's called Why Go to School. Um, broadly, what did, it, what did it say, John? Well, it didn't give a, a definitive answer. <laughs> Professors of education tend not to. <laughs> um, what James Marshall uh, was trying to do was to review what had happened to the promise that Peter Fraser made in 1939 that every education, every child in New Zealand would be educated and have a sort of a personalised education to the best of their ability and need. And that was a, a liberal promise to invest in children's future for, for for the economy and for society as a whole. And Marshall was saying, look, in the mid-1980s, that promise is being reneged upon. It's not being kept. There is a real question as to what what is the point of me going to school? So the little book, um, some of my colleagues at the University of Auckland remember being taught by Marshall and re- being assigned that text for themselves. And I found it on my bookshelf the other day and started sort of re- revise, reading it and sort of just beginning to sort of take the temperature of that debate. But what he was sort of responding to was the feeling that the, the school society, the, the society that we know and love, which has been based around more and more children spending more and more time in school, mm-hmm. had not necessarily led to greater happiness, well-being mm-hmm. and economic prosperity. And he was asking the question, therefore, what is what is the point of school? So 40 years later, um, when I was preparing for my sort of big 603 lecture this week, it seemed Appetite to raise this question again. What are we? What are we doing this for? Well, I mean, do you do you see parallels between that point in history and discourse around education and this point in history and discourse around education? Are there similarities? Are there, of course, there are differences, but are there similarities? I think they both are, can be seen as moments of crisis in in the sort of the the confidence that society has around schooling. So so that sort of huge investment that governments made. To, to put more and more children into school for longer, uh, to invest in teacher education, invest in teacher training in schools and so on, seemed very good when the economy was growing in the long post-war war years. 
uh, a few decades after the Second World War. And by the mid-1970s and in, into the early 1980s, across the advanced economic world, um, school governments were beginning to say, yeah, school is not working. Um, and maybe this investment in human capital isn't worth it after all. But but added to that, there were sort of there were cultural arguments too. Traditionalists mm. from the right generally said, look, schools are the places where people teachers have got long hair for goodness sake. Um, they're teaching values. Um, not they're, they're not teaching traditional values. They're not maintaining standards. ideas. Exactly ideas. God forbid. <laughs> people on the left were saying. Oh, look, schools are effectively a, a, a sort of a, like prisons. They're preparing us for a capitalist mentality yeah. of, of the workhouse. Um, and humanists were saying, oh, schools dampen down children's natural enthusiasm and freedom. So from the left and right and centre, there was a critique taking place of the, the, the post-war schooling. And I think we're seeing a similar set of debates, obviously framed in slightly different terms now, that nobody, as you mentioned at the beginning, seems that happy with what is going on for various different reasons. Maybe it's one of those things where nobody's ever happy with what's going on in the education sector, <laughs> but maybe maybe we'll get to that a bit, a bit later on. Um, yeah. Now, though, a, a broad and noble question. Um, John, as, you know, as an educationalist yourself, what do you, th- what do you think schools are for? This is the million-dollar question. In fact, my, um, my, my family read the piece and said, meh, what's the answer? And that's the question you're answering. So um, I, I think that what I, what I worry about at the present time is that we are going to school not to produce a common culture. I think schools work best when they pass on um, a shared understanding set of arguments mm. about what is good in society and that we can all be part of that conversation. If schools are are, are geared towards producing economic well-being or mm. producing sort of qualifications only they lose that common purpose the best moments in school are where teachers are able to command a classroom discussion around something of great meaning yeah. which has no final answer but makes everybody feel they're participating in it and i think across the western world we've been losing that sense of what school is for um we, we come there for very utilitarian reasons or we come there because, you know, as one of my friends said today, because look, we, you know, parents have to work these days, so it's a good place to mind some children right. for those hours. Um, if we do things for those simple reasons, which are all understandable, but lose sight of the notion that we are part of a shared culture, a shared common community, however imperfect that may be and however divided it may be, this is the place where we can have children in those places to to talk to them about the world as it was in the past, the world it is now, and what it might be in the future. So I think that's you know, it's, it's a broad aspiration. Right, and, and, and the school, and the experience of going to school, I suppose, being a symbol of that shared community, an equaliser, something that everybody goes through and can relate to, and through which everybody can relate to one another. Absolutely, and in a sense, a great sort of promise of the state to say to people in the post-war period, we don't think you will get this simply by being at home with your families being educated by your parents. So what we're going to do is invest in taking you out of that environment for a while and giving you something else. And that, of course, can be the key to social mobility and the way to sort of to move beyond our own limited perspectives, if you like. So, I mean, I certainly felt that was the way that schooling benefited me in, in, in 1960s Britain. There was a real sense that, yeah, you were getting something more than you would get simply by being at home. It does seem to be... Almost uh, um, 
quite a, a utopian view, though, of, of school and one which, you know, something like economic uncertainty or, um, you know, uh, uncertainty around big issues like climate change and so on and so forth um, might it might make difficult to execute because th- there is a point, isn't there, at which pragmatism does kick in, at which it is actually sensible to say, well... I'm going to go to school to learn things that are going to make me valuable in the market because I'm poor and I don't want to be poor forever. I, maybe I'm talking more about university there, though, than, than school. Well, I think, I think the notion when, when much of the literature around schooling comes from a U.S. perspective right, where yeah. it's sort of the whole spectrum. So I think you're right. It is difficult to sort of separate those moments. But, I mean, the, sort of the, 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 the period that Marshall was describing coming to an end was based upon two two tenets of schooling. One was that you invested in education because it prepared people to have the attitudes and the skills to work. Um, so that's one one element, which of course satisfied the customers and the parents in the sense that you were going to come out of this with a job at the end. But the second thing that it was based upon was the notion that you would be part of an educated citizenry, somebody who could mm-hmm. read their newspaper in the old days and understand the world and be able to vote and participate in society as well. So both of those things are twin goals of schooling. I think if you you might argue that increasingly the economic motive is being skewed um, within our educational system at the moment. It's about choice, making vocational choices for which subjects to study on the basis of what it's going to earn you in the future rather than a broad general education. If the things get out of balance, I think we're in trouble. And I suppose what I'm suggesting is that we, we are losing that balance around this. You, you you suggest that you know maybe there needs to be a, a debate around all of this as to what you know what the aims what the purposes of schooling are because it is you know it's it's very interesting to discuss with you, um, but I don't you know oh, maybe it's just me working in the news media it, it feels like this is the solution to just about bloody everything sometimes John let's have a discussion yeah. about it let's have a a, 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 a national conversation about things ah oh, yeah, why don't we do something. I mean, I think the, 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 I don't. I wrote the piece with a degree of sort of um, underwriting it myself. That I mean, I don't think there's a great appetite to right. discuss the spirit and the purpose and aims of education, mm-hmm. and I think that's part of the problem. I mean, I think there's a sort of very much the, the notion that it's uh, the irony. I think is that, that we're moving away from the notion of the school society. Now, it worries me what will happen when that is the case. So a good example of this would be the way in which, for instance, schools' socialisation function, which is the, the, the looking after the well-being, health, morality of children in schools, is taking over their cognitive function in many ways. That teachers spend more time in schools sort of doing the social stuff rather than the hard learning and the, and the discussion stuff. That, that worries me because that sort of that is part of schooling, which is essential. I'm not saying that's happening everywhere, but um, you know, some of the arguments here that we're spending more time doing the feely, touchy-feeling stuff, concerned about well-being, than we are about the hard cognitive functions of schooling. Mm-hmm. That, that's part of a part of an issue. I mean, I think there's an argument too, which is raised in the, the piece I wrote to say, why do I need to teach it when I've got Google? I think that's a really important question to ask. Still, mm-hmm. a lot of what goes on in school can be done through some sort of AI and technology systems. So the question of what teaching and schooling for for is constantly being thrown back at us. But we tend to say, well, let's just get more kids into this. Let's get free school meals. Let's get some basic literacy. And we tend to sort of go back to say to a problem-solving approach mm-hmm. rather than 
problem posing approach and my piece was trying to pose the problem but you're right you know i'm not sort of people aren't queuing on my door to sort of be you're the first who's come knocking to say <laughs> No, I think it, it's a really interesting piece. I, I didn't mean to, to critique it in that way. It's, no, no, that's fine. Yeah. It, it's one of the issues here, John, that maybe that, you know, the education sector is a big beast and it's full of people who can totally be described as experts. You know, every teacher is, in a sense, an expert on teaching. Principals, academics, administrators, students themselves, many of whom have really strong ideas on mm. what works. Um, because they do it and it works for them. So it can be difficult to get agreement on this is the way that we should be doing things or this is what this is for. Yeah, I'm not trying to think whether that is true of, of people working in the health sector or working in yeah, the legal sector and so. whether those sort of internal debates still happen. I mean, I, I think that there is a sort of, I don't want to sound like a backwoodsman, but but the the cult of the expert, I think, is mm. is quite a problem in our societies. I think claiming to be experts on things is quite difficult. When it comes to schooling and education, we all have a say in it, from the children who go to school, who who, who experience it firsthand, the classroom assistants, everybody involved in schooling. And I think they're all part of this conversation as to why are we doing this? What are, what are the ultimate goals of of spending all this time and investment? in these places. I have just gotten a text through which I'll, I'll paraphrase as saying, what about a sort of, you know, a back-to-basics approach, um, which is something that you do here quite a bit, you know, sort mm. of um, uh, schooling is, is relatively simple. It's about um, imbuing kids with the knowledge that they need to succeed. I, I, yep. I, I'm getting a bit waffly there, but y- y- you know what I mean, um, that maybe we're getting too, we're overcomplicating things unnecessarily, and actually it's it's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, I think there is there is sort of, I mean, the, the, all the arguments about how to teach reading and all those things, that you, those will go on and endure. Um, but I think, to, to me, they come down to, to questions of what is worth knowing, the curriculum. And because because the world is constantly changing, there's always a question about renewal and how we how we try and reframe what goes on in schools mm-hmm. and so on. And that's part of the debate, debate too. But ultimately, it is a rather quite sort of simple notion that we're trying to transmit worthwhile and valuable knowledge from one generation to the next. And I guess if a, if a generation is unclear as to what it needs to transmit, that can too be a problem because it will end up transmitting a fragmented, almost postmodern, relativist, anything goes approach. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I'm quite, yeah, I suppose as I've got older and a little bit more conservative, I've sort of got to that notion that there is some important knowledge that we all need to pass on to our children. John Morgan, really nice chatting to you this evening. Thanks very much for your time. Bye-bye. That's Professor John Morgan from the University of Auckland's Faculty of Education and Social Work. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect.
Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel.